the only drawback about that is that now I have to do my Christmas shopping. <laughs> uh, I was kind of, you know, kind of waiting to see if it really happened. And I didn't want to do it if I didn't have to, but apparently it did. So I'm going to have to do my Christmas shopping. But we're glad that you're here. It's great to be with God's people in God's house. And especially during this time of the year when we celebrate uh, the birth of Christ. And uh, it's a wonderful time of the year. <clears throat> A time of much joy and celebration, and I hope that your, your heart is filled with that spirit today. We welcome you. We welcome our guests especially. We hope that you'll feel very much part of our family as we worship God together today. Uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, let me remind everyone on the end of each row there is an attendance sheet in the uh, uh, maroon folder. I'd like to ask if you would to take that. Uh, fill it out for us. Give us your name and address and phone number, email address. Uh, check the appropriate box on there so we can have a, a record of your attendance with us this morning. And then pass it down the aisle so that others can do the same. Uh, several things that are coming up that I'd like to call to your attention. On Saturday, this coming Saturday, we'll be uh, feeding lunch at the Salvation Army. And if you would like to uh, participate in that and be a part of that, uh, and volunteer. It's a great opportunity and it's a great time to share Christ's love and Christ's ministry uh, to those in need. If you'd like to be a part of that, please see Christine Cornelius and uh, she'll get you signed up for that. Uh, there will be no activities on Wednesday. Uh, since this is the Wednesday between Christmas and Thanksgiving, a lot of people will be traveling or just resting and my understanding is we might be covered up in snow anyway on Wednesday. So we will have no activities on, uh, on this Wednesday. However, tomorrow, let's see, tomorrow, that's Christmas Eve, isn't it? Wow, it is here. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, and we will be having our annual Christmas Eve service here tomorrow night beginning at, at 5 o'clock. And uh, so I hope you'll be here for that. That's a highlight of my, of my Christmas celebration. It really is. It's a wonderful time of celebrating with my extended family of Christ uh, and to celebrate the birth of Christ during that time. Also, I'd like to say on behalf of uh, the staff here at Community Baptist Church to thank you so much for the, the generous uh, Christmas gift that you collected for us. Uh, it is indeed an honor and a joy to serve alongside of you in the name of Christ. It is, uh, it is truly an honor and, uh, and something that I cherish, and I think I can speak for all of our staff as we say that. It's great to be here. It's great to be with you. And so I hope you feel the same. And if you do, let's stand and let us greet each other in the name of God. Thank you. 
Okay, John, I'll let you slip through there. as we find our seats. Let me invite our children to come up front for our children's moment. Mr. John is up here uh, to lead us in our children's moment. So children, come on up. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to sit on the floor. Y'all can sit up there. Is that okay? How are you all doing? Good? Just good? You're not excited about anything? You know what's coming up, don't you? It's Christmas! One more day. Do you get to open one present on Christmas Eve? That's always been a tradition at our house. And you know, it's all about tradition, and it's all about family. And it's all about, you know, I... I have two different families. Did you know that? Yes, I do. You have you have three. You have me beat. Well, I have two different families. I have my church family, and then I have my real family. And you know, I love them both. You want to know why? And I love them this much. That's a lot. You know, and I, I tell you what, if it weren't for my church family. I would be spiritually lost. And you know, they keep me on track. They keep me thinking. And that's what I love about my church family. They make me laugh. And I love them so much. But you know, I love my my home family just as much. They keep me on track. And I tell you what, They make me laugh. They make me cry. And I tell you, Christmas is a wonderful and joyous time. We have so many good memories. And I wanted to share something with you. Our production staff actually created this. Jump up there on that seat. Can I have some help?
tell you what. Here. Just that makes me laugh so hard. And that's what my family does for me. I wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. And think think this whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. I know everybody likes candy. Um I think it was what, Matthew? In the book of Matthew, okay, 19:26, uh, chapter 19, verse 26. Think about this: With God, all things are possible. Okay, we're going to celebrate Jesus Christ's birthday. Okay, in two days. So, I love you guys, and I hope you all have a very merry Christmas. And I have one minute. Okay. It has the American flag on it. There you go. All right. Here you go. Merry Christmas. Please join me as we read responsively, our responsive reading entitled Word. O God, you are the Word among all words that spoke words into being. You came to live among us talking in the everyday language of all who need a word of forgiveness, a word of love, a word of hope. And when our words are too deep to speak aloud, We pray that your spirit will speak them for us, so that all the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, the word beyond all words. Amen.
What does the love of Christmas mean to us? Christmas love lasts a lifetime. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. The vow till death do us part should be the most sacred commitment that you ever make. Christmas love is about loving others. John chapter 13, verse 34. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. These two took God's command seriously. When I think of love and Community Baptist Church, people like this come to mind. Christmas love is greater than violence. John chapter 15, verse 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is Victoria Soto. She used her love to shield her students from that violence nine days ago. Christmas love will transcend eternity. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. From his birth, through his crucifixion, the resurrection, through the ascension, Jesus is love incarnate. Love will transcend all time and will never end. Love is a gift from God. Without love, there is no Christmas. So on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we now light the candle of love.
Our scripture today is taken from John chapter 1, verse 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received, grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known.
Let us pray. Oh God, each one here today is an extension of your love, endowed with special gifts and talents, and loved unconditionally. Help us to do the same. And thank you for sending your Son to make that possible. And Lord, we ask that you bless this offering now for the King, for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Didn't they do a great job? All right, we're going to continue what our practice of what we've been doing through the Advent season, and that is for you to help me begin my sermon. Uh, today's um, theme is love. Uh, we have lighted the, uh, the candle of love a few moments ago. Uh, but, you know, it's Christmas time, isn't it? It's Christmas season. And uh, how many of you at any time in the last two or three weeks uh, have become a little bit stressed out? Yeah, it, it's Christmas, it's a wonderful time of the year, isn't it? But it can be also be a kind of a, a stressful time of the year. And guess what? Sometimes when we get stressed out, we get a little snappy. <laughs> we get a little tense, uh, and we, we sometimes behave badly. No true confessions here today, folks, <laughs> unless you want to. However, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about somebody else. Have you witnessed anybody behaving badly during this Christmas season? No names, don't name, don't mention it. See, people are pointing. <laughs> this is not the intention of it. That's not very loving. <laughs> what, what about it? Have you witnessed anybody behaving badly? Can somebody share somebody something here? Anybody, without naming names. Congress. Congress. I'm oh, sorry. Congress. Okay, I'll buy that. Who? <laughs> uh, Rachel. Well, actually, I'm volunteering my mom to tell this story. All right. So I was at a store buying a gift for my grandson, and there was only one left, and the directions on the back of it were only in pictures. And not being uh, well-versed in batteries, it had a round disc, and it said three volt. And so I asked the guy that was walking down the street, the walk that had a tag on, I said, can you help me understand this? And he went into uh, detail on how disgusted he was that our packaging is in pictures or it's written in English and Spanish. And, and he was, this is America. They might as well write it in English. And I politely said, well, you know, we've become a global economy. He said, I don't care. They're coming to the United States. They need to speak English. And I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, but um, I think I'll go on up to the cash register. <laughs> so that was that was my Okay. I was floored by Then I found another one, and he was very helpful, and he took me to where I needed to go and everything. But that guy was standing over at the side when I walked past him with his arms behind his back like this and just staring me down. And I looked, and I said, you have a nice day. He said, you do the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It may have been bought here in America, but I wonder if it was made here. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
All right. Anybody else? I, you know, we, we all run into things like that. I ran into somebody last night that was not, uh, was not unkind, but uh, she had been working in a store all day long. And it's been it's kind of towards the end of the Christmas season. And um, she, her, her basic duty was to say hello and goodbye in the store. And she'd been doing that all day long. And I walked out the door, and she said goodbye. And then I turned around and came walking right back in the door, and she just kind of matter-of-factly said hello after she had already said hello to me before. And, and then she said, what can I do for you? And I said, well, I'm here to pick something up, you know, that I gave you the receipt for just now. <laughs> And she said, oh, you just have to, I just have to apologize. It's been a long day, a long season, and I just do this by rote, you know. So she was very nice about it. But you can understand how stressful this time of the year is. And people do get a little snappy and a little bent out of shape and a little out of form um, during Christmas time. Um, Which is a shame because the Christmas season is about just the opposite of that. But that's the way it is because we are human beings and we are prone to being stressed out when we're in a hurry, when we're overworked, when we're pushed by time limits and uh, these kinds of things. So the question that we ask today is, what can we do to help really catch the spirit of Christmas? which is not the spirit of being unloving, but the spirit of being loving. It was a Christmas pageant presented by a class of four-year-olds, and it was an evening to remember. It began with the three Virgin Marys, that's right, three of them, marching out onto the stage. And as they stood there, of course, they were waving to their parents. And I guess it's not every Christmas pageant that has three Virgin Marys. But over the years, the school had acquired three Mary costumes. And so quite naturally, the script was revised. This gave the opportunity for more children to be involved in the pageant, and and it kept down the squabbling over uh, who got the starring roles. Then the two Josephs walked out behind the Marys, and then 20 little angels came out, and they were all dressed in their white robes and their their huge gauze-covered wings. And they were followed by 20 little shepherd boys dressed in burlap, and each, each of them were carrying an array of objects that, that were, were supposed to be a shepherd's crook. Well, it was at this point that the problem occurred. You see, during the rehearsal, the teacher had used a chalk to draw a circle on the floor to mark all of the places where the angels were supposed to stand, and she marked crosses on the floor to mark the spots where the shepherds were supposed to stand. However, The children had not practiced with their costumes on. They had practiced with their regular clothes on. And so on the night of the pageant, the angels came walking out and stood with their beautiful gauze wings 
and stood on the circles. But their wings were so large that they covered the spots where the shepherds were supposed to stand. And so when the time came for the shepherds to come out onto the stage, they didn't know where to go. And there was one little boy who became extremely frustrated and angry over the, the whole set of circumstances. And finally, he spied his, his teacher off to the side behind the curtains. And, and he shocked everybody there when he said in a loud stage whisper that could be, hear, that could be heard by everyone, here's what he said. Because of these blankety-blank angels, I can't find the cross. Only he didn't say blankety-blank. But we're in church after all, so we'll just leave it, leave it well enough alone. Well, you know something? I wonder if that can't happen to us sometimes. You know, all of the romantic elements of Christmas, the, the shepherds, the wise men, the angels, the star in the east, not to mention all of the commercialism of Christmas, all of these things have a tendency to obscure the important meaning of it all, and particularly the message of the cross. And I think that that's a good reason for us to, to turn to the prologue of John's Gospel for our Scripture lesson for today. For you see, there are no angels, and there are no shepherds, no star, not even one Virgin Mary, much less three, no Josephs. Instead, there is some of the most beautiful and the most important theological language ever written. And here it is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of humankind, and the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness did not understand it. The true light that gives light to every person was coming into the world. He was in the world, and even though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of the will of flesh, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, it says. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. There it is, folks. No shepherds, no angels, no star. Yet there it is, the story of Christmas. And this story says to us, first of all, that Christmas is not an act of humanity, but an act of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been created. Do you see that? When we could do nothing at all, 
God stepped in. God stepped in. I heard about a man named Bob Considine who tells about a time when he accompanied an infant Vietnamese orphan to the United States so that she could be adopted after the Vietnam War. But on the flight over, he noticed that the baby's eyes would overflow with tears, but she made absolutely no sound at all. Obviously, the, the child was crying. Tears were welling up and, and, and draining from her eyes, but she made no noise at all. And so Considine asked the flight attendant if she knew what was going on, and, and she had seen war orphans before and was quick to tell him that this was fairly normal. She said the reason they don't make any noise when they cry is because they learned a long time ago that nobody will come. What a sad story that is. A child quits crying when she learns that no one will come. But let me tell you something, folks. That is not our story. Because of the baby in Bethlehem, that is not our story. Because, because you see, Christmas is not an act of humanity. It's an act of God. And God has heard our cry. And God has come to us in that little baby born in a manger. That's the first thing that we need to see today. Christmas is an act of God. Secondly, this story tells us that God acted in the only way that God could act. Scripture tells us, in Him was life, and that life was the light of humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it. The true light that gives light to every person was coming into the world. He was in the world, and even though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Now let me ask you something. Why, why couldn't the darkness understand him? Why didn't the world receive him? Well, the problem is really pretty clear. If you can imagine the difference between the keeper of an aquarium and the fish in the aquarium, then you might be able to understand a little bit the difference between humanity and God. You see, God is spirit. Have you ever seen a spirit? God is the creator of a universe that may be billions of light years wide. Can you even begin to imagine a being of that extraordinary power and knowledge? How could God even speak to us without scaring us to death? Dr. Daniel Paul Matthews, who is the director of the Trinity Church, delivered a message on Christmas Eve of 2001 at St. Paul's Chapel in New York City. That was just a few months after the World Trade Center was destroyed uh, on 9-11. And St. Paul's is very close to, to ground zero. In fact, it served as a staging area and as a, 
as a, a resting area for the rescue workers and the demolition teams that were there for, for many months. And yet in the message that Matthew's preached, he expressed God's solution to the gulf that exists between absolute power and human need. And here's what he had to say. He said, pretend something like this happened for a moment. The angel Gabriel got back to heaven and rushed up to God and said, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And God said, well, give me the good news first. And the angel said, well, the good news is this. Mission accomplished. I visited all of those people that you told me to visit. I told them what you wanted me to tell them. It's all done. And God said, great job. So what's the bad news? And the angel said, the bad news is that all those folks down there are terrified of you. Every time I had to visit someone, I had to start it off with fear not. Because they're so frightened that you were coming so close to them. And so God said to the angel, that's the reason I have to carry out the plan that I've made. You see, I need to go to the earth because my people are so frightened. They are so full of fear that, I, that I've got to bring this message to, the, to them that they no longer need to be afraid. And so the angel said, and how are you going to do that since they are already so frightened of you? And God said, there's only one place on earth that people are not afraid. And that one remaining place is a little baby. My people are not afraid of a baby. When a baby is born, they rejoice and they give thanks. And so I will go to earth and I will become a baby and they will receive me with no fear at all. So you see, God acted in the, way, in the only way that God could have acted without overwhelming us and taking away our freedom of choice. God became a tiny little baby because Christmas is an act of God and in Christmas, God acted in the only way that God could have acted. And then finally, in Christmas, God gave to us the greatest gift that God could ever give to us. Our identity. God told us who we are. Let me ask you something. Have you ever received a Christmas gift that you knew was not well thought out? Or maybe... Uh, yeah, I've got several. Or maybe you gave a Christmas gift that was not well thought out. Somebody just sent it to you or gave it to you just to kind of get the gift giving over with and done with, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe it was a re-gifting thing. <laughs> uh, some of you may remember a Democratic presidential candidate from many years ago named Adlai Stevenson. Stevenson was a well-respected politician in Washington. And, uh, and was a, a great candidate for president, but he had the misfortune of running for president probably at the wrong time because he was running against a genuine war hero, uh, uh, General Dwight D. Eisenhower. But there's an embarrassing story that Stevenson tells on himself. It seems that when he was working in the Agricultural Adjustment Administration, he wrote a marketing agreement with the walnut industry. And so that Christmas, the walnut industry thanked him by sending him this huge gunny sack that was filled with individual packages of walnuts. Well, 
this generous gift came at just the right moment because, you see, Stevenson had not done his Christmas shopping yet. And so he happily took those packages of walnuts and sent them to all of his Washington friends. However, that's when he made the discovery that in each one of those individually wrapped packages, there was a little card saying, Merry Christmas from the walnut industry to Adlai Stevenson. (laughs) Busted. (laughs) I guess he should have known better, but he was in such a hurry that he didn't give much thought to what he was doing. And, you know, we can do that sometimes, can't we? We give gifts without putting much thought to them. But not so with God. You see, God knew right from the very beginning what God was going to do. God gave us what we needed the very most. God told us who we are. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That, my friends, is who we are. We are children of God. And when we truly know that, the meaning and the purpose of our lives change forever. Marjorie Talcott was married and and had one child during the Great Depression. The family managed to scrape their way through, but as as Christmas approached one year, Marjorie and her husband were disappointed that they, they would not be able to buy any Christmas presents. And so a week before Christmas, they explained to their six-year-old son, Pete, that there would be no store-bought presents this Christmas. But I'll tell you what we can do, said Pete's father. We can make pictures of the presents that we would like to give to each other. So that was a busy week. Marjorie and her husband set to work, and as Christmas Day arrived, the, the family got up from bed and, and found their, their skimpy little tree had been made magnificent by the picture presents that they had adorned it with. There was luxury beyond imagination. A black limousine and a red speedboat for Dad. A diamond bracelet and a fur coat for Mom. A camping tent and a swimming pool for Pete. And then Pete pulled out his present, a a crayon drawing of a man and a woman and a child with their arms wrapped around each other, laughing. And under the picture was just one word, us, us. Years later, Marjorie writes that this was the richest, most satisfying Christmas they had ever had. And you know, I think Pete's card kind of sums it all up for us, doesn't it? Us. The love and the security of family. Both our families in our homes and our extended family of Christ 
because we are all children of God. And I think that that's just the kind of picture that God presents to us on Christmas. Look at Christmas, at God's Christmas card to us once again. Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. My friends, Christmas is an act of God, not an act of humanity. And God acted in the only way that God could have acted without taking away our freedom or scaring us to death. God became a little baby. And God told us who we are. We are God's own children. And because of that, we have no need to be afraid of anything ever again. For you see, we belong to God. And I don't know about you, but I think that that's the best good news that Jesus came to tell us all. And it's my prayer as we come to the ends of our Christmas season, that that spirit would resonate in our souls, knowing who we are, that we belong to God. And I pray that we could shout that from the mountaintops. We are God's own children. We belong to God. Amen. We're going to sing today hymn of invitation number 103, Away in a Manger. And there may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Christ. We've been talking a lot about the birth of God, the birth of Christ during this Christmas season. And it's important for us to celebrate this event that took place over 2,000 years ago. Because it changed history forever. It was an important thing. But let me tell you something that's even more important today. And that is that Christ has been born in your hearts. That Christ has made a difference in your life. And that you have given your life to Christ and committed your life to following in the ways of Christ. If you've never done that before, we invite you to today. And it's a free gift to you. God didn't come with any strings attached. God came with a free gift to you, the birth of a son. And through that son's life and death and resurrection, we have forgiveness of our sins and we have meaning and purpose for our lives. And so if you've, no, if you've never made that commitment, I pray that you'll do that today. Or perhaps you'd like to come and unite with our church. We invite you to do that. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. We'll be glad to pray with you. But however, dealing, however God is dealing in your heart this morning, we invite you to come as we sing together, Away in a Manger, number 103. Would you come?
May we go forth from this place as children of the light, children of God. And let us shine forth our light into the darkness of this world. Let the gospel become flesh for each of us. And may the love and the peace and the joy of Christ radiate in and through your lives that others may know and see Christ in you. Amen.